Hello everyone and welcome to the September 27th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foltz with Floyd, Scarin and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Court of Appeal reversed a serious and willful misconduct award against an employer in the unpublished opinion of Ford Construction Company versus WCAB. Here's what happened. The decedent, Dennis Newell, and a co-worker were installing a ripper shank on a Caterpillar bulldozer. The shank was 10 feet long and weighed over 2,000 pounds. The shank was being lifted with a crane and boom and chain when it came loose from the chain, causing fatal injuries to Mr. Newell. The co-worker had no formal training about installing ripper shanks. He was shown how to install them on only one occasion by the master mechanic. Although the co-worker did not see how the ripper shank fell, he testified that in his opinion, when the ripper bar tooth was resting on the ground, the chain became slack and allowed the hook to slide off of the chain link. The Division of Occupational Safety and Health investigated the injury and cited the employer for various safety violations because the load was not attached by an effective means and properly rigged. Ford protested the citations and their safety director testified at a hearing before the Cal OSHA Appeals Board. He said that the method employed by Newell and his co-worker was the only method he has ever known as the acceptable normal method of replacing this shank. He further testified that he knew of no problems with the method before the accident. After hearing this testimony, the Cal OSHA Administrative Law Judge dismissed the citations against Ford, finding them unsupported by the evidence. Meanwhile, the decedent's wife pursued her SNW claim before the WCAB. She offered expert testimony by former heavy equipment operators and heavy-duty mechanics who said the chain and grab hook method was not safe because of the possibility the grab hook might come loose. The work comp judge held that the employer engaged in serious and willful misconduct that was the proximate cause of the death. The WCAB denied a petition for reconsideration filed by the employer. However, the Court of Appeal reversed the SNW, citing long-standing law in the 1953 case of Mercer Fraser Company versus Industrial Accident Commission. The Mercer-Fraser Court stated that willful misconduct necessarily involves deliberate, intentional, or wanton conduct with knowledge or appreciation of the fact that danger is likely to result. The evidence in this case did not support a violation of this standard. The Los Angeles District Office of the Division of Workers' Compensation has scheduled two new lean consolidation conferences in October. A conference to discuss consolidation of interpreter liens is scheduled for 10 o'clock a.m. on Monday, October 25. A conference to discuss consolidation of durable medical goods is scheduled for 10 a.m. on Friday, October 29. The court previously made a motion to consolidate compound pharmacy liens. All compounding pharmacy, interpreter, and durable medical goods lien claimants with pending liens should attend their respective conference. Injured workers and lien claimants with other types of liens need not attend. Any other interested parties should attend whether or not their lien was set for conference that day. 
These conferences are part of a series of efforts by the court to promote judicial economy and assist lien claimants in resolving their liens as quickly as possible. Georgia Frank, the presiding judge in Los Angeles, and Mark Kahn, the associate chief justice, chief judge for the Southern Region, will preside over the conferences. All three conferences will be held at the first floor auditorium located at 320 West 4th Street in Los Angeles. And now our fraud report. Prosecutors filed charges against a Victorville woman accusing her of receiving more than $3,600 in disability benefits meant for her deceased husband. Brenda Lee Piper pled not guilty to five felony counts of forgery and five felony counts of grand theft. She was arrested September 7 in Los Angeles County by San Bernardino County District Attorney investigators. She's being held in lieu of $400,000 bail. Piper's husband, Derek Morris of Victorville, was on disability leave after hurting his back while working at a J.C. Penney store. Morris was killed in an unrelated homicide in Los Angeles in March 2009. Since they were unaware of Morris's death, the insurance company sent five disability checks to Piper's residence. All five were allegedly forged with Morris's signature and cashed. The insurance company later called his doctor to get a follow-up report and discovered his death. Piper is scheduled to appear at Victorville Superior Court for a pre-preliminary hearing. Investigators from the California Labor Commissioner's Office issued $450,000 in fines to restaurants for violations of state labor and workers' compensation laws. The statewide enforcement sweep involved 162 restaurant inspections and resulted in the issuance of 88 citations against 79 restaurants. Investigators found 74 businesses that failed to provide workers' compensation coverage. Citations issued for no workers' compensation coverage totaled $377,000. The restaurants without coverage were issued stop work orders, which prevents them from operating with employee labor. The statewide enforcement action found that a lack of workers' compensation insurance continues to be a serious issue in the restaurant industry. Investigators found eight cases where the employer did not provide employees a wage deduction statement and five cases of improper payment of minimum wage. One business was found to have hired minors without having the required work permits on file. The DIR Division of Labor Standards Enforcement regularly conducts statewide enforcement sweeps to address abuses commonly found in the underground economy. Director John Duncan claims that the underground economy creates unfair competition for small businesses. And now our regulatory report. The U.S. Department of Labor is proposing new regulations that implement amendments to the Longshore and Harbor Workers' Compensation Act. The National Marine Manufacturers Association claims that these changes will have a direct impact on recreational boat builders and repairers in California and elsewhere. Since 1984, the Longshore Law has excluded workers employed to build, repair, or dismantle any recreational vessel under 65 feet in length. In 2009, Congress removed the 65-foot limitation for repair work only. 
The proposed new regulations will implement the 2009 law by revising the definition of recreational vessel in the Longshore regulations. The defi definition change as drafted would affect boat builders and boat repairers. The new definition of recreational vessel attempts to exclude non-recreational uses. However, manufacturers who are producing boats intended for the recreational market have no way of knowing the ultimate use for the vessel. The Department of Labor says that employers with a common group of workers who perform work on both commercial and recreational vessels are covered under the Longshore Law. Because of the potential impact of these proposed changes on boat builders, the National Marine Manufacturers Association has requested a 60-day extension of the regulation comment period, which is now scheduled to end on October 18. The DWC has revised the Utilization Review Regulations and posted them to their website for members of the public to provide comments. The DWC claims that amending the UR regulations to streamline procedures and reduce administrative costs is part of a 12-point plan to help control medical costs. Here are some of the proposed changes. Claims administrators will be required to send revised plans for approval annually or inform the division annually that there are no changes. A UR plan template will be posted to the DWC website to make it easier to create a correct UR plan. The DWC will also post a list of pre-approved UR plans. UR plans will be reviewed separately from the UR investigations and claims administrators will receive a notice of plan approval or disapproval within 60 days. UR organizations will be investigated once every five years instead of once every three years. The proposal reorganized section 9792.9 of the regulations, which sets forth the timelines for responding to requests for authorizations for better clarity. A request for authorization form must be used by the physician requesting treatment approval. The public is invited to comment upon these changes until 5 o'clock p.m. Thursday, October 7. These proposed regulatory changes do not take effect until they are in final form and filed with, with and approved by the Office of Administrative Law. And now our medical report. A new study released by SureScripts shows that more U.S. doctors are sending prescriptions to pharmacies electronically as they are lured by up to $27 billion in government funds aimed at speeding the switch to electronic medical records. President Barack Obama has made using information technology a central plank in his plan to cut costs out of a U.S. health care system. In 2009, Congress authorized funding to promote electronic health records as part of the economic stimulus package. Incentives will be paid out over five years, and by 2015, providers will face penalties if they don't adopt the new technology. As a result, Many more doctors are expected to switch to electronic prescriptions which promise to prevent medical errors caused by poor handwriting and harmful drug interactions. There are now 200,000 doctors who use e-prescribing which is now roughly one in three office-based doctors. 
That compares with 156,000 at the end of last year and 74,000 at the end of 2008. The study claims that 47 states more than doubled their use of electronic prescribing last year. And in other news, Michael Ramser, the formal, former president of Intercare Insurance Services, is now the president of Professional Dynamics, a Rancho Cordova company that employs 75 people. Mr. Ramser is a graduate of Pepperdine University with a degree in business and organizational effectiveness. Ramser is skilled in corporate management, strategic sales, large account management, and capital investment. He has worked with many of the nation's leading insurance brokerages and handled mergers and acquisitions for some of the largest claims and managed care companies in the industry. Ramser's generated over $25 million in revenue growth for Intercare, where he was responsible for adding high-profile accounts including Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Sacramento counties and the city of San Francisco. Prior to his work at Intercare, Ramser served as a senior executive at Crawford & Company in Atlanta. Professional Dynamics has provided service in the workers' compensation industry for over 29 years. PDI recently expanded its service lines to the first-party medical and employee benefit sectors. Mr. Ramser will work with Betty Anders, PDI Chief Executive Officer and Chairwoman. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPod, iPhone, or iPad by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks again for joining us, and please join us again next week for more news.